Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16, verse 5. Acts chapter 16, verse number 5. Some have called this the Acts of the Apostles, others the Acts of the Holy Spirit, the Acts of the Early Church. Tomorrow is when we celebrate Labor Day. We need to get busy. We need to do some work for the Lord. Emphasis on labor. Being involved in the Lord's work. Of course, you know that the Lord is not pleased with laziness. Much is said about that in the Proverbs. We ought not to labor for the meat which perisheth, but for that which endureth unto everlasting life. The most important thing is salvation. Salvation is paramount in God's plan. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Not to preach pretty sermons. Not to please people, but to glorify Almighty God in the salvation of lost sinners. We need an involvement We need a greater involvement in this matter of doing what pleases the Lord the most. In fact, the very name of the Lord is Jesus means Savior. So we used to have in our churches in their missions when they got started, Jesus saves on the front of the platform. And what what that means is Savior saves. And I'll tell you what, that's what our churches ought to be involved with. They ought to be able to bring our children to our grandchildren and friends and neighbors to the church house where they'll hear how to be saved. Salvation's the start of the of the Christian life and we have such an emphasis today. I feel like on discipling and training and that is important, surely that's important. But if you don't get saved, then you can't be discipled. You've got to get them to Calvary. You've got to get them washed in the blood of the Lamb. And only God can save. We can't save anyone. But we can bring them to the Savior. Andrew was a man just like we are, and he brought his brother to Jesus. And Jesus knew what to do with him. When he got there, he changed his name to Peter from Simon and made him the spokesman of the whole twelve. Three thousand saved at Pentecost. Great things happen. We can bring our brother to Christ too. I'll tell you, he's that great shepherd of the sheep. If you get get a sinner to the great shepherd of the sheep, he knows how to take care of his sheep. He'll lead them into green pastures. He'll make them soul winners. But I'll tell you what, I was thinking about our brother Estes going over there in that Muslim area there. You know what? You know what? It would be a sad thing, Brother Estes, if just because of the government regulations, it would be a sad thing if you were not as flaming and as evangel over there as you are here. Wouldn't it just be like the devil to put fear into our hearts and not be as great a witness over there in those other areas as we are here? 
Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and that's the only way they will be saved. They must hear. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? I'll tell you, God's interested in some beautiful feet coming out of Tabernacle Baptist Church and those in Tabernacle Baptist Church. Our feet are not too beautiful if we don't win souls and don't make an effort to do so. Jesus said, ye are my witnesses. We need to be good witnesses. That's not all. We need to be daily witnesses. The early church was a powerful church because they did things daily, not weekly or monthly. A great number of our families went up to the flea market up there first Monday, whatever they call that. It's been going since when? 1800s, right? 1800s up in the Dallas, outside of Dallas, Canton, town out there. But I'll tell you what, I don't know if you gave any tracks out or did any witnessing up there, but I'll tell you what, if you did less up there than you do down here on Saturday, amen, or Friday, I'm telling you, we're to be his witnesses everywhere and all the time. They are dying daily. They're going to hell daily. And we need to be witnessing daily, every day, every day, every way. It is not our prerogative to decide when we're going to go soul winning. We're to be soul winning all the time. For they're perishing all the time. Well, amen. I'll amen myself if I don't get too many. I've been at this thing. The devil wants to tell us that our teenagers don't know how to win souls. But we'll just have to teach them, amen? By example and by stuffing the gospel tracts in their, in their school things as they go to school. And you maybe ought to do that even with the Christian school. They're not all saved in the Christian school. I think our, I think our young boys and girls ought to be witnessing to their own friends right in the Christian school. We take it for granted they're all saved. But isn't it strange they get saved at camp, don't they? They get saved in our Sunday morning services when they realize that they really didn't have it all settled with the Lord. Oh, the most important thing is salvation. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. And we're to be like Jesus, so we need to be constantly seeking to save that which is lost. Oh, to be like Jesus. He went everywhere doing good. Never a man spake like this man. Jesus. Lovely Lord Jesus. By the way, the Bible says the love of Christ constraineth me. By the way, how do they need, why do they need to get saved if they're not sinners? First point in all our messages ought to be that you need to come to Christ and repent of your sin and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen? Amen. Well, we didn't even get to our verse yet. Did we even read our verse? Gave you the introduction. Got you started. I'll tell you what, the music at the beginning of the service... Throughout the service, I got all excited just hearing the first couple of songs. It was so lively. Bob makes you want to be like one of those horses in the cage, you know, when they're having the derbies. I'm telling you, you ever see those horses? They're just climbing out of the, 
They just want to hear the bell and run for it. Amen. Well, that's the way we ought to be about soul winning. That's the way we ought to be about preaching. I mean, it's exciting. Everything about the Christian life is exciting. Last week, we were around certain things. I said, isn't it exciting to be a Christian? Here we went down there and stood against those people trying to take the Ten Commandments out of the place in Alabama. I'm glad that you had to pick your van up. We'd have never gone if you didn't have to pick that van up. I'm glad you got your van too, but amen. It was a blessing to go down there. Lord provided housing for us. and We were preaching on the street corner all around there, standing up for what's right. Telling, I was preaching at the, we were preaching at the building there of the, we almost went over to the house. I wished I'd heard about that. I'd gone over to his house. I don't care if the police met us there or not. We should have gone to his house and preached to that rascal that, that did the, uh, what was it? Uh, he sued the state or something or brought some kind of court case against the state for having 10 commandments in a, sta- in a state building. Can you believe such foolishness? I'll tell you what they ought to do when they open the building back up, Brother Metcalf. Somebody ought to go in there and and go in there with with Ten Commandment things and put them up there every day for a month and and make everybody take them all down and start their uh, their own cases and sue the state of Alabama for touching their personal property. Their taxes pay for that building. Amen. In a sense, the, the, whole, the people in the state of Alabama really own that building by rights. Amen? That's not owned by any personal per, uh, individual like the guy who sued him. Oh, I get excited about that too. We were excited down there. It was it exciting to be a Christian. One young man got up there and said, the only thing that's, uh, that if you want to make sure that nothing goes right, just absolutely just do nothing and it'll sure happen, won't it? Just stand up and do something. Do something for the glory of God. Speak up. Stand up for Jesus. I tell you, we better get the gospel out, and that's what we were doing, the most important thing down there. We were preaching the gospel, as well as defending the word of God, standing up for our Savior. It's exciting. The love of Christ. And then Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Why don't we weep over sinners? Say, well, I used to do that. Yeah, we're a bunch of used to beers is what we are. Some of you, you got, when you got saved, you couldn't wait to go to church. I mean, you just wanted to live and just camp out at the church house like me when I got saved because, oh, I was washed from my sins. I just wanted to just give me the key to the church and I'll just stay at church all the time. It was easier to have victory in Jesus if, you, if you're in the church services than back there with your parents who didn't know Christ. I was saved at 16. There was no job to get me to go soul winning at 16 years old, newly saved. And they announced the, the soul winning time, and I went there. Boy, it's kind of hard for us to get going now to go, go soul winning, isn't it? Well, we've done backslid on God, that's all. The, the, the God, we've got the best ammunition in the world. We've got us a Bible. We've got New Testaments everywhere. We've got all the ammunition. We got the money to buy three by five cards to write down their addresses after they get saved. Amen. And write their phone numbers. We have all the ammunition and no power and no zeal. We've lost it. I remember when I was a, just a newly saved young boy going down there to Hutch Tech High School on Main Street. We uh, had to go always to Main Street and then Chippewa Street, walk all the way down Chippewa till we got to Hutchinson Central Technical High School. And when we were there on the street, 
uh, down a little further the other way where my dad delivered the milk to the different businesses there, Shields Brothers. And right across the street was the, the revival center. They were the Pentecostals. And you know what they had up on the sign? It was in an old theater. And they said, continuous revival. They had meetings every day. Not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday. They had meetings every day. All day long they had preaching services. You say, well, uh, I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't go with that. I'd get too tired out. Oh, not if you're newly saved, you wouldn't. Not if you're fired up like you used to be. You couldn't get to church enough. Come on now, smile at me. I mean, when you were newly saved, you didn't have to drag yourself into the church house. You called up and said, why, why, why aren't we having a service this time? I thought we were having a service. I thought this revival meeting was going all, all week long. Or this mission conference was going all week long. And I came to the church and it was closed. And the Servicemen's Christian Center uh, up there in uh, North, uh, North Chicago, near Waukegan, New York, and I'd walk out, out there every day, and I went there one Monday, and there it says closed. I said, oh, I forgot they're closed on Monday. I wanted to go to be around Christians every day because I needed the fellowship. And I thought to myself, well, what am I going to do? They're closed today. What, what am I going to do? Walked all the way out here. No, I didn't think of that. I just wondered what I was going to do. Young 18, 19-year-old boy, nothing wrong with walking a few miles. Well, we need some zeal for the Lord. Well, they have to see their sinners, first of all. Go over to Isaiah with me, please. Well, we didn't even read our verse yet. We're still waiting. I thought, that, my, the introduction's, introduction's getting longer and longer. Stand with me, please. Acts 16, verse 5. Amen. I've only got three messages here, but I think I've already preached one of them, so we're a third of the way. We're in pretty good shape. Amen. 16, verse 5. Read the verse with me, please. Acts chapter 16 and verse 5. We'll pause wherever there's a, a comma there in the middle of the, of the verse. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Boy, isn't that a great verse? Read it again with me. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Father, bless the word of God. Dear Father, we pray for thy blessing on the word. Now, Lord, thou didst give me the words. I pray in emphasis, Lord. Uh, we often maybe would preach this sermon on Wednesday or Sunday night. But, Lord, I was impressed to preach it this morning. We're all obligated, Lord, to go soul winning. We're all obligated to be witnesses. And we need to tell what we're to witness. The resurrection, death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel. Our Father, do a work in our hearts this morning. Help us to see where we are neglecting our duty. And dear Lord, fill us with the joy of the Lord. Help us to have the secret of a happy day. Is Jesus on the throne? May He be on the throne and we'll do more soul winning. We'll do more witnessing. We'll do more obedience. We'll do more work for the Master in the things of God if we are tuned to Thee, our Father, listening. And dear Lord, if Thou art on the throne as 
Dear Lord, you should be. Have thy way, we pray. Bring those that are lost to thyself. In Jesus' name we pray for his glory. Amen. You may be seated. By the way, in Acts 2, verse 46, it says, And they continued daily in the apostles' doctrine and in breaking of bread. And in Acts chapter 13, 3, verse 19, look at Acts 3, 19 with me. Acts 3 and verse number 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing should come from the presence of the Lord. This was the message of the early church. It's the same message we're to preach. We're to preach the same message. That they would know the Lord Jesus. Acts 20 verse 20 and 21. Look at that please with me. 2020, I'm sure you're familiar with that one, but the other one, 21 as well. Acts 20, 20 says, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. By the way, this is used so much, Acts 20, 20, but they better not forget the 21st verse. This is what we are to testify. This is what we are to preach. This is what the early church preached, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the same message we have. It's not changed. Some people say, well, there's a gospel for the, uh, John the Baptist preached one gospel, Christ preached another gospel, the early church preached another gospel. There's only one gospel. Paul told us that in Galatians chapter 1. He said, if any man preach any other gospel than that which we've delivered unto you, let him be damned, the Bible says. Let him be accursed. He said, even if an angel or we or an angel preached any other gospel unto you, even if we came back and preached a different gospel than we preached the first time, you just have nothing to do with us either. The gospel we preached is the, is the good news that Jesus saved. You say, what did Jesus preach? He preached himself. That's exactly what he preached. And what did John the Baptist do? He preached Christ. He said, he's the one. (laughs) Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. What do we do now? We preach Christ. Well, what did Abraham preach? Abraham preached Christ. Amen. He looked forward. God came and spoke to him and said, come come out of the earth of the Chaldees. And, And he went out and I didn't even know where he was going, but he knew the God who was leading him. That's all right, as long as you know the, that you're led by God Almighty. We're led today by His Word. Thank God for the Bible. The Holy Spirit of God lives within us. Revival is what we need. By the way, we go soul winning three times a week around here. And if the Lord leads, we'll go out Wednesday night too. You say, well, I won't go out Wednesday night. Well, you maybe won't, but maybe someone else will. The more times we go, the more people will be saved. The more times the gospel is given, the more people will be saved. The more people that are confronted with this gospel track, the more people will be saved. You say, well, uh, you don't know who they are. I know, that's why I give it out to everybody. And sometimes the old devil tricks me up and, and discourages me from giving it to some people. Just get the word out. We're in an age today, oh, the revival's too long. Oh, the mission conference is too long. Yeah, but isn't it something? Somebody got saved in that extra couple days. And they used to have revivals for three weeks. 
Oliver B. Green went to those cities in North Carolina and preached for the whole summer. Every day for the whole summer he preached. Even on Sundays he'd have a three o'clock meeting not to conflict with the local churches. Sometimes those old revival meetings and they'd have preaching three times a day. Well, I'll tell you what, if you have preaching three times a day instead of once a day, you probably have a few more people get saved. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You say, well, the people get too tired out. We're too tired out doing our own business instead of God's business. And God's business is preaching and singing and praising God. Worship. I, did, you, did you get that? In other words, if you only, that's why a lot of churches, they, uh, some of these churches in town, they don't have a Sunday night service on a Shame on them. Jesus met with the disciples on Sunday night. Shame on them for not having a, by the way, the, the, the Methodist church that I grew up in, they didn't even have a Sunday night service. They didn't even have a Wednesday night service. Don't tell me the early church didn't have some meetings, those early Methodists. I'm just saying, if you can cut the preaching down to only, uh, say you could only have preaching services once a month, you'll have less souls saved probably than if you have preaching every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and you have a revival meeting, and you have a missions conference meeting, and you have Christian camp, and you have all kinds of preaching activities. I'm telling you, and then you go soul winning on Tuesday night, and then you go soul winning on uh, Saturday morning for bus and other things, and then you have uh, soul winning time tonight between 5 and 6, and if we have one on Wednesday night before the service, someone go out every Wednesday night to go pick up soldiers. You know what? We'll probably have some more people get saved. Because we've had some saved in that Sunday night time. Did you know that? They would not have heard the gospel if we had not set up that time to go soul winning between 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock tonight. Come on out and go with us, fellas. Maybe someone will get saved who would not have gotten saved. Because the only way they get saved is by hearing the word of God. Now, are you with me now? Come on. I, I, in other words, the, the, the less preaching, the less people saved. The, if there's less witnessing, there won't be as many saved. You say, well, they're not all going to get saved. No, but they'll get convicted. The seed will be planted. More preaching, more salvation. We've got to get the, he said, pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he'll send forth laborers. We need more laborers who are laboring instead of laying around. If you're a missionary, you ought to be a busy missionary. Don't you be a lazy missionary? Don't you be a lazy Christian? Let everybody die and go to hell around you. You say, well, I don't, I don't know how to witness like you, Pastor Harvey. Well, there was a time when I didn't know how to witness either. And I just did it, and I did it all wrong, but I sure did it. And if you do enough of it, even if you don't know how to do it, someone will get saved. Amen? Amen? The Lord doesn't tell you so much about how to do it. He just says, you are my witnesses. Go and tell them. He didn't tell you how to tell them. Just tell them. Amen. Somebody said, well, you don't preach in a loving manner. You need to be more kind to people. And, you know, you shouldn't get into controversial things. Well, it says Paul, I read about Paul in Acts. He disputed with them daily. The key is the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. Not your, what you're saying, just the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. It'll do the work. The gospel will save them. But if you don't give it out, you're not going to get anybody saved, are you? God's not going to use you to get anybody saved. 
Am I right? So you wouldn't be a very good witness. Well, amen. You say, oh, this is too basic for me. Yeah, I know. It's just heaven or hell. It's pretty basic to God. Just testify. Go and tell them. Oh, and it's all God anyhow. God does the work. Amen. We were reading about Jehoshaphat. God says, you won't have to fight in this battle. He said, just go out and trust me. And God put Mount Seir against the Moabites and the others, and they were fighting each other, and then when they got through with them, they started killing each other off. They didn't even have to fight in that battle, and all they did is go out and sing. And as they began to sing, the Bible says, but this was after Jehoshaphat prayed and trusted God. And he said, believe God and believe his prophets. Just believe the word of God. God can take care. God can do great things. And before, it said it took them over three days, I think it was, to gather up the spoils after they killed each other and wiped each other all out because Jehoshaphat trusted God. God will fight your battles for you. Just honor him in everything you do. Honor him. That, that, wasn't, that, that wasn't even five minutes. That was one of my messages. Why not a quick one? Just believe the Lord. Just keep doing what he tells you to do. He'll fight your battles for you. Now, some of them you have to fight in. But some of them you just stand back and God will do it all. God will do it all. Honor him. I want to speak to you as well about some things about your attitude in this matter of being pressed in the spirit. Look with me to Acts 18, 5, please. Acts 18, verse 5. We need to get pressed in the spirit. We need to be stirred up. Stirred up. Acts 17, 16, I believe is the verse, and then 18, 5. Acts 17, 16, I believe is the right one. Yes, it is. Look at this. It says in verse 16, Now while Paul, this is Acts 17, 16. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. All oh, that we'd be stirred. Oh, as he saw all these idols, he was stirred in his spirit. Oh, we need to get stirred up. When was the last time you got, what, Christian brother, you claim to be saved, Christian sister. You claim to be a Christian. When was the last time you were stirred because people were on their way to hell fire like you were one day? When was it last that you got stirred up in your heart about the lost? Are they perishing? Fanny Crosby thought so. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Snatch them in pity from hell and the grave. Weep o'er the erring ones. Lift up the fallen. Tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. Rescue the perishing. The other song says, seeking the lost. Oh, praise God. Someone sought for me one day and, and I got found. So I don't like to come to a church that they rebuke me for not being a better witness. Well, you don't even come around here. 
Go find an easy church. They're all over the place. I can point in every direction. They'll never blame you for not loving Jesus enough to go out and tell some lost sinner how, how you, to be saved like you got saved. There are a lot of dead churches around here, but we're going to keep ours alive by the grace of God. I'm going to spend all my time, Brother Chris, blaming them for not loving Jesus enough to do something to help somebody get saved. Shame on us. We're so self-centered. You can't even take a gospel track and stick your arm out after I've taught you so well on how to be a witness. Shame on you. Shame on you. I don't care if you can preach or you know how to lead a soul to Christ or not. You, you can at least give a gospel track out and say, I at least did something for the Lord today. We got our track wreck out there, and Brother Bullhorn's fixing another one up over here. Maybe we'll get more tracks out because we have more track racks. Amen? I don't, who knows? Anything that'll get more people to be confronted with the gospel's pleasing to my Savior. He loves those sinners. He died for those sinners. Some of us were so concerned about our automobile and our house and whether there's a check in the mail from the government. What about sinners that are going to die and go to hell and burn forever and be weeping, wailing, gnashing their teeth forever? Young baby Christian, you ought to be just as concerned, and you older Christians ought to be just as concerned as the baby Christians. Hello? I should not care more about them when I first got saved than I did care. I weeped over people in Buffalo, and I was just 16 or 17 years old, newly saved, and I cared about the nuns, in all their, their nuns' garb, and I cared for the priests. I wanted everybody to get saved. I wanted to witness to everybody, and I ought to still be like that. Oh, the devil say, you're getting too old. No, I'm not either. I'll outrun you. I'll outdo something and get more to Jesus than you will at your young age when you've got good legs. Amen? I'm supposed to be the leader around here. I'm supposed to direct you into green pastures. Soul winning is green pastures. Soul winning's wonderful. Isn't it good for you? It's like a tonic to your soul, Brother Estes. So you better keep doing it over there. Whether they tell you to do it or not, you can at least evangelize your own soldiers. If they tell you to quit, say, I'm not quitting. You'll have to quit me. My Savior told me to give the gospel out, and I don't care what you say. You meet God with it, sir. Now, you be respectful. Always be respectful to, your, to those above you. The ones that are under you, don't be so respectful. Still treat them nice, but... Do what I told you, soldier. Don't you criticize me. You're the one going to hell, and I'm trying to rescue you. I'm going to weep over you and pray for you every day. Don't you ever criticize me for giving the gospel of Jesus Christ out. You say, well, I would never do that. No, I, we need some boldness around her. What right do they have us to tell us we can't take uh, literature, Iraqi literature over to those, those people? What a, what a mixed up world. We should have taken the Quran out of their hand and put a Bible in their hand. We won the war. Wake up, Christians. Wake up, America. Instead of confiscating all the rifles, confiscate all the, the Korans. Amen? And put a Bible in, in the Arabic language in their hands. Amen. Should have done that in, e, in uh, Japan when we won that war. Should have listened to MacArthur. He said, send us a thousand missionaries. They didn't listen to the old man, did they? He said, I'll return. He returned too, though, didn't he? Amen? He kept his word. Didn't they about throw him out too? Huh? MacArthur, didn't they treat him, mistreat him? Truman, 
or, or Rockefeller, one of them. Roosevelt, I mean. I'm telling you, what a mess we're in. We'd be better off going out glowing, amen, with the shine of heaven on your face. It'd be a good idea to be court-martialed for preaching Jesus Christ. Amen? Then court-martialed for, for sin. You say, well, they'll make fun of me. They'll make fun of every soldier. It says all the prophets were criticized. They were all. What does that verse say over there? Blessed are you when men shall revile you. Have you ever been reviled? Persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. What? For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And then in many times in the scriptures it says, which of, the, which of your fathers, did, which, which are the ones that your fathers did not persecute? Of the prophets. And persecuted all of them. Stirred up his spirit. Verse, chapter 18, verse 5. Look at 18.5 with me, please. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I go. I will go unto the Gentiles. We're to go to all that will hear us. By the way, it says in the daily, in the synagogues, and in the markets. The synagogues and the markets. Paul disputed with them of the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that's 17.6. Is that the place? Yes, I think so. There they just, just gave the gospel out, kept giving it out. Look at 17.4 with me. I want you to see 17.4. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas and of the devout Greeks a great multitude and of the chief women, not a few. You know, the Lord's interested in everybody, but he's interested in getting, getting a lot of people saved. What does it say over there? And I believe it's uh, Matthew 15, John 15. It's God's will that you bear much fruit, much fruit. There's fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. It said not a few. There's another verse here It says not a few. Look at verse 12 with me. Of 17:12. Therefore many of them believed, also of the honorable women which were Greeks and of men, not a few. God wants to see a lot of people saved. There's going to have to be a lot of preaching and a lot of witnessing if a lot of people are going to be saved. A lot of preaching going on if a lot of people are going to be saved. Eighteen eight. Look at eighteen eight of Acts. Acts eighteen eight tells us, and Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, 
By the way, it tells us in 1 Corinthians that Paul only baptized Crispus and Gaius and the household of Stephanus. So baptism sure doesn't save you. Paul said, I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius and the household of Stephanus. Otherwise, you'd have said, I baptized in my own name. Well, if salvation's by baptism, Paul would not thank God that he didn't baptize some more people. Baptism doesn't save. By the way, the Lord Jesus Christ baptized not one person. Tells us that in John 4, verse 1 and 2. Though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. Jesus never baptized John the Baptist or anyone else. So salvation sure can't be by baptism. It's by preaching. Believing the preaching, believing the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ is what saves you. John was the baptizer, and John only baptized upon repentance. He said, you bring forth fruits meet for repentance, or I will not baptize you. He was a fruit inspector, wasn't he? John the Baptist. He said, if you have repented and trusted Christ, there'll be some fruits. Then I'll baptize you. Well, praise God for a man like Paul. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Many, many. And then the Lord told him, look at this, in the next two verses. Then spake the Lord, uh, the Lord to Paul in, a night, in, a, in the night by a vision, Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace, for I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. A lot of them believed on the Lord. The Lord's delighted. When a lot of people get saved and they need, to get, so many get saved and so many get baptized, that they have to start a church. That's the work of an evangelist. That's the work of a missionary. Don't you just go over there. You should evangelize. You got to get them saved first. But you ought to make an effort. Get, get a church started. If you get enough saved, I'll tell you what, you'll, they'll need a church. They'll want a church. Church planning is our business. But God only plants the church. Because God only saves the souls. But he does it through the witness and the preaching and testifying. And it's great when it's not a few. It's a great multitude. 17.4. Look at 17.4 again. 17.4. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas and the devout women and Greeks devout Greeks, a great multitude. God wants a great multitude to believe. A great multitude. 18.10. Go to 18.10 now. Acts 18.10. Here it says, much people. And then it says, I want to go to two other places. Uh, First of all, 18.4. Look at 18.4. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath. We ought to be preaching and teaching and every Sabbath, and persuaded the, uh, the Jews and the Greeks. Then, if you will, 1711. 1711. These, this is Acts 1711, these were more noble than them in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures, what? Daily! Whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believed also of honorable women which were Greeks, and of men, not a few. Oh, we need to have that, what? Daily. Daily. Do you see that word daily? Search the Scriptures daily. 
1717. Look at 1717. Therefore disputed he in the synagogues with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily. I have it circled in my Bible daily with them that met with him. Daily, daily, daily. Daily. You're supposed to read your Bible daily. Supposed to pray daily. Daniel and David prayed three times a day. Do you even pray? Do we even pray once a day? I mean, I'm not talking about over their food. I'm talking about real, real concerted prayer, real definite prayer. I mean, real praying. And Peter and John went up to the uh, beautiful gate at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour, which was three in the afternoon. That's when the man at the gate, he said, silver and gold have I none. They were going up to pray. When you're going up to pray, things are going to happen. Things are going to happen in your life when you're going to the place of prayer at the hour of prayer. And they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And they meant that too. Silver and gold have I none. I don't believe in this prosperity preaching. They forsook all and followed Jesus. I have none. And they they said, give I thee. And the the man leaping up stood and praising God and jumping around saying, praise God, I can walk now. Wow, wow, Jesus did it all. Hallelujah. I say, well, he's gone crazy. Even the, scri- the Pharisees and all of them, all they could do is say, don't preach in his name anymore. They couldn't deny it was a miracle. He was above 40 years old. On who the healing came. But they were going up to the place of prayer. It says, and as Jesus prayed on the Mount of Transfiguration, as he prayed, he was transfigured. Oh, that we, things happen when we pray. Not because we're so faithful in prayer, but because the God who is faithful to the ones who are faithful in prayer does the work. But it's a lot of work to pray, isn't it? It's a lot of work to pray consistently. Well, how much work are we doing for the Lord? There's different kinds of work. I need to close with this. There's different kinds of work. I I say this to you kindly. It's nice for you to go. It's very important. Seven men were chosen because the widows were neglected in the daily ministration. But they said, this is taking us away from the word and prayer. And prayer was mentioned first. Prayer and the ministry of the word. Prayer and getting that gospel out is primary. How much time do you spend in prayer? Christian brother, Christian sister. And how much time do we, are we involved in ministering the word of God? It's a a top on the priority list. For they cannot be saved unless they hear. And then everything's done in answer to prayer. Well, kind of think we all need to come a little closer I think we all could do a little more to reach some perishing soul and I'm so glad 
it's 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 in the it's in the it's in the will of God for you ladies to help grandma out. And I'm so glad for it. I wouldn't minimize it for anything because they chose seven other men because they didn't want the widows to be neglected. But I'll tell you what, nothing can stop the preaching of the gospel, the witnessing of the saints. Jesus said, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Are our hands filled with the works of, uh, of giving out tracts and putting our, our arm around some precious young boy or some precious soldier that's going over to Iraq and he's going to possibly lose his life and you, you show him how to be saved? Are your hands filled with that? Or are they filled with the blood, as it speaks about in Ezekiel 3 and 33? Paul said, I'm, I'm clean from the blood of all men. I, I cease not to teach and preach every, every day and night with tears. Teaching day and night. Praying, weeping, ministering day and night with tears. Are you rescuing any of the perishing? We get so concerned when a person's house gets burned down. And they have no furniture, no this or that. And listen, that is important. The Lord says we should care for the poor. But there's so many that are poor spiritually. They know not Christ. They're lost. They're perishing. Jesus came primarily not to heal the sick. He came primarily to seek and to save that which is lost. And if that is what Jesus' commission was, it's our commission teenager, young, young person, it's your job if you're saved to reach those around you that don't know Jesus Christ. And if you're not, you're disobedient to God. I don't care what age you are. As soon as you get saved, you claim to be saved, you young Logan, Loganites, amen, you better get the gospel out to those over there in Walmart and every place, amen, Hamlin crowd, amen, if you're really saved, if you really did get saved, then you, Nathan, you better get somebody saved, amen, Joshua, you claim to be saved? Well, who are you telling about Jesus lately? If you're not, you're a disobedient young baby Christian. Amen? Well, amen. David, you play nice on the organ and everything, but your primary job is to get lost people saved. He's out on visitation all the time. Now stay that way until you're older than me if the Lord doesn't come back. Amen? But you, you wouldn't believe how much time this fellow right here spends on that piano and that organ. And he's glad he can use them too. Amen. And he plays nicely. And then don't we practice for singing? Oh, that, our, that everything's together. Pastor Hammond does such a glorious job with our choirs. But oh, oh, are we that concerned about souls? See, that's your job. Mike, I don't care. I don't care if you've been in the 30 days, 40 days, 60 days. I don't care if you're 100 days out in NTC. You better be witnessing to somebody or you're a disobedience. Christian, I don't, care. I don't care how many problems you have. I don't care if your aunt died yesterday. I don't care if your mother died the day before. You are to get the gospel all the time to everybody. Amen. You too, Benjamin. If you really are saved, buddy, boy, you go tell everybody how to be saved. If not, you're a disobedient Christian. He said, who said so? Pastor Harvey just said so, and I'll say it again if I feel like it. Amen? goes for you, Nicholas. I found your name in the Bible the other day. Amen. Nicholas, he's even in the Bible. Amen. But if Nicholas isn't, if he claims to be saved, he's not witnessing like he ought to be. You say, Nicholas is such a nice boy. Well, I hope I'm a nice preacher too. 
But if I don't witness, I'm disobedient. And if he doesn't witness like he ought to, he's disobedient too. Amen? I mean, we've got to get down to brass tacks. They won't hear unless you tell them. Unless we tell them, they will not hear. And Pastor Magnuson, I'll close with this. I asked Pastor Magnuson, and he was a deep man in the scriptures, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I said, Brother Magnuson, do you really believe if we don't tell them how to be saved that some people die and go to hell because we didn't tell them? He said, I believe that. I said, I do too. I don't understand it, but I believe that. I know God is sovereign, and God doesn't have to use us. He can get them saved through someone else. You get what I'm talking about? But I'm telling you, I believe that too. It's so important that we, we tell them, we tell them, we tell them. You say, I'm not too good at telling them. Well, just tell them anyhow. You say, I'm not too polished. We'll just be an unpolished teller. Amen? Just be an unpolished witness. You say, I don't have tact. I think a lot of people are lost by tact. Amen? And then others need some tact. Okay? I tell you, it's not, it's not us that saves them. It's the word of God that we give to them. The Holy Spirit accompanies the word always. Always the Holy Spirit accompanies the word, either convicting and judging or saving and causing conviction and contrition and belief. Well, let's go tell them. I hope because of this sermon, there'll be a lot more told today and tomorrow, and the next week, and the next month, and the next year, because God wants us to be telling them. Brother Godfrey will be here soon, Mr. Soulwinner. He'll be here in November. He said, we ought to tell every available person at every available time, every available place, how to get the gospel to everybody. That sure shames a lot of us, doesn't it? There are people in this room that wouldn't think about not trying to read your Bible every day. You wouldn't think about not having a little time of prayer every day, and yet you don't witness like you used to witness. You leave off, that's so important. That tonic for your soul! It'll do you good to be the witness, that flaming evangel that God wants you to be. You see, you're caring about others when you're going out soul winning and witnessing. It causes you for a few moments to quit thinking of yourself and start thinking about the needs of others, the spiritual needs of others. Our Father, bless this. Thy word to our hearts. Oh, Lord, not a few, but great multitudes were saved in the early church. It was a spirit-filled church daily in the temple. In every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Oh, God, we need a daily witness. We need a daily prayer time. We need a daily Bible reading. We need a daily time when we gather together and fellowship in the things of God if we're able to. We need a daily family devotions. We need daily personal devotions. Oh God, we need daily to give this word out. Help us, we pray. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we're telling them about, that they're sinners, but Jesus died for sinners. That he'll Resurrect them out of their sin to newness of life. Oh, God, there's a remedy for this sin problem in our life, and it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Dear Lord, help us to exalt him who died for us, shed his precious blood for us.